Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everybody, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, for the last three Sunday editions, for the last two Sunday editions, I have done pieces on anime's influence, and this is kind of where I want to, like, culminate with. It's a really great, um thing that I that you've probably heard that I kinda love and that you can't put the toothpaste the, the toothpaste. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And what that means is is you can't you can't undo what's already happened. And that's really true when it comes to the influence anime has had on media. Um just the same way as we can't Un, unrelease any of the terrible anime adaptations that have live action anime ad, adaptations that have come out of either America or Japan. You can't. You can't go backwards. And you can't. There's certain things that you can't erase. For example, um the. The four kids dub scenario of things like One Piece, the the infamous One Piece rap, um, which I have a personal place in my heart, but that's because I'm fucked up. I also like the um, card captures opening, <laughs> so you you can you can come at me all you want, man. Um, I'm I'm a corny motherfucker sometimes. I know, um, but. The so the 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 most concrete example of this is you can't cha- you can't go back to the way kids cartoons used to be you can't actually I I should take this back you can and people have attempted to and it doesn't. It doesn't usually go well, and it's not. It's not usually a great look. Uh, you can't. You. Because, um, <clears throat> because the anime has been on TV, on American, on American broadcast television, for decades now. Things like. I'm not saying that like th- there's not a place for things like Rocky and Bullwinkle or Tom and Jerry or the Looney Tunes or anything like that. Th- those will always have a place. They're they're part of the history of you know animation and all that stuff. But what I am saying is that <clears throat> <clears throat> if you look at the two major thing major things that they tried to reboot in um from popular television um 
from from popular nineties kids cartoons. Um, first is the the Looney Tunes. If you go and if you have HBO Max, and you watch the the new Looney Tunes um episodes that they produced for that thing, there's like this. There's two things wrong with it. First thing is, is you can really feel the computer at work making those cartoons. Like, they don't feel... They don't feel... There's not, like, this this, this missing component of hand animation to those cartoons. The other thing is that there's no... It feels like there's no connective tissue, if that makes any sense. What I mean by that is when you watch a um when you watch even like the regular show on Cartoon Network, there's no, it's not so much that there's an overarching story, but there are all these interconnected relationships that just aren't there in something like um Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes is uh, Brand IP smacking up against brand IP violently and making and making fart noises kind of thing, and there's nothing there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, and sometimes that like like, one I I imagine there'll be a lot of deep meaningful laughter at Looney Tunes when pot is legalized in New Jersey and we can all be high as hell, <clears throat> and watch us some Looney Tunes. Um, or soccer on mute, which is the classic. I am high as I am high as a kite, and I am watching soccer on mute, and it is hilarious. Um, or fascinating, one of the two. Um, but <coughs> the 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 other thing that was um <coughs> sorry, the other thing that was. Revived literally um, on Friday was the Animaniacs. And <clears throat> this, the Animaniacs dis- display the animated influence on two, on two separate levels. There's the anime style shorts that, that they have in the Animaniacs, which I haven't gotten to. But the reason I haven't gotten to it is because. Because anime is a, has a feel of like, because lots of anime deal with, are are made now, so they have this, a, a really modern aesthetic and a really modern take on the world. <clears throat> they use, they use the influence, they, they mirror reality in really interesting ways. Uh, but the Animaniacs feels like it's mirroring a reality that doesn't exist anymore. If that makes any sense? Like, if if you're my age and you grew up watching, you know, Pinky and the Brain, watching Mindy, watching the, the Animaniacs, then you... You know the tropes. You know, like, the hello nurse. You know the, like, all these things. And 
with the Animaniacs is now is it's the it's the Animaniacs jokes, but now there's like there's a drone involved or there's a scene where Yakko where Yakko swallows a iPad <laughs> because a female CEO says it's a tablet. And there's this But the, but then there's also like Bill Clinton with the saxophone and it, I'm just like I know that's Bill Clinton with the saxophone. How many fucking kids watching this thing? Which it's like it doesn't feel like it's made for me. It feels like it's made for kids, but it feels like it's made with the references that I would understand. I'm like, how many kids would understand sexy Bill Clinton with a saxophone? <laughs> and what? And also, they have the, so I'm, I'll use the um anime to explain this actually. One of the beautiful things about FLCL is that it is it encapsulates a kind of drifting through the world of adolescence that is that that is like that is core to the that is core to like a universal core to the experience of being a teenager at the age that now that Nauta is a teenager. Like, you're starting to have female friends, you're starting to have, you know, all these weird little experiences with people, you're starting to have, like, emotions and hormones and all blah, 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 blah. But the... The reason why the um the uh SLCL progressive and alternative both felt kind of empty is because the thing that gave FLCL legs was not just the like weird experimental formula of it, but that is certainly part of it. It was the fact that the focus character was a character we've all been, was a character we've all... Who, whose experience, many for many of us, we were in the middle of. And so, like, we watch, we watch Naota as a... We watch Naota and it was reflecting, you know, feelings we had. It was reflecting, like... Uh, it was reflecting the fact that my best friend was a girl and there were lots of complicated feelings and, like, lots of hanging out in really fucked up places for no particular reason other than we were teenagers and, like, we didn't want to be around adults and we really wanted to be around each other, but we didn't know what that meant. And the FL progressive, FLCL progressive and alternative... could have followed Naota, could have followed Naota's character, or could have followed Momimi's character, and you could have... You could have had a, like, continuation of that 
um, of that of that mirroring of experiences. Like the, the, there would be people who would be able to identify with um, Naoto's character as an adult, who would be able to identify with Mamimi's character as an adult. You get to see what happens to Mamimi and to Naoto, but um. And instead, they produced this thing that was so focused on Haruko, um, or so focused on a new character who is so much less, who feels so much less, um, constructed around reality, necessarily. And they kind of... They produced a good semblance of something that already exists. And I think that I think if you're in, if a cartoon is ignoring the influence anime has had and the and the tool set the anime has opened up to a to an entirely new generation of, you know, artists and creators, then you're making you do you're doing that exact thing. You're making a like a clever semblance of something that has existed in the past, and that is and if you've ever watched a episode of let's say Tom and Jerry, Tom and Jerry is a perfect example. Tom and Jerry is deeply funny, but it is also deeply formulaic. You know exactly what's gonna happen, and it. The reason it's deeply funny is because it's kind of, it mastered the form, so to speak. And not that nothing can be added to the form at all. There are certainly interesting things you can do there, but it's, it's sometimes more interesting to, to, you to make full use of the full array of tools you have now. So, um, what I mean by that is in the same way that, like, having to work within restraints can, um, help creativity, having, realizing that you have a lot of room to run can also, um, can also be a boost to creativity. Um, so, probably about a month now, um, at least a month ago now, I bought the I bought an iPad Pro. I'm actually recording on it right now. But the reason why I bought an iPad Pro wasn't to record podcasts in bed, although that is a good plus. The reason I bought an iPad Pro is because I wanted to not have any restraints on, you know, my, on what I could do with it. And this is, this is something that, um, happens a lot of offices, is they'll ask you, like, especially if you're a designer, they'll ask you, or if you're in any kind of creative job, they have a, they they set a budget basically for every desk, and the reason why they do that is because 
they want to get they want to get you exactly what you need to create what you need. And if you look at I I mean I posted picture to my desk on Instagram before you can go look. I my desk is like bananas. I have four screens. They all they're all for different purposes. I've got a microphone, I've got all this stuff. And that's because I want a full range of what I can use of tools to be able to create stuff that when I feel like creating stuff. And to ignore the like the possibilities opened up by the fact that anime has has existed alongside American cartoons for decades now is to ignore the possibility of making something so weirdly amorphic and weirdly interesting like the regular show. The, the regular show does not get to exist without, you know, the first episode of, um, of, um, Sailor Moon, where you've spent a seriously, without the Sailor Moon series in general, and you're probably like, the fuck are you talking about, Alec? What I'm talking about is, is Sailor Moon was on Cartoon Network, and for a while, TBS, weirdly, um, and actually not weirdly, because that's a Turner Broadcasting channel, so they could shift programs around wherever, however they wanted at Turner Broadcasting, which Cartoon Network is part of the Turner Broadcasting Networks, um, but the slice-of-life moments of, um, things like Dragon Ball Z, things like, um, what's it called, things like, um, Sailor Moon, and all these, all these shows that had weird little, like, slice of life things you could, that you couldn't cut around because you would have destroyed the story at the point, and the people who, and that's not something the people who were, um, licensing this stuff were interested in doing, they were interested in, like, getting this stuff in front of kids so that, like, kids could experience it. What that stuff did is it set up a framework for viewers to have, like, at the very least, moments, many times entire episodes of a show where the point was just to laugh and have a good time and see, like, a weird, like slice-of-life moment that was funny and cute. And, you know, fast-forward to um, now, and you have things like the regular show or um, Gumball, and the entire the entire point of the show can be, like, just we're hanging out with these characters. It doesn't need to be a high-octane, like, you know, wreck-fest. Um... But the biggest influence that um, anime has probably had on American television, on American, especially American animation, but animation in general, is a focus on story. 
something like Steven Universe, as obnoxious as that show is at times, uh, is not, isn't possible without anime. It just, it just isn't. And I, I talked about this in the first, in the first episode a little bit, but it, the, like, convoluted, like, we're, we're fight we're fighting, we're, we're the crystal gem, but we're fighting, like, unborn crystal gem, by the way, spoiler alert for Steven Universe stuff, and the, like, that show's relationship with sexuality and with expressing sexuality and with, like, female representation, weirdly, like, um... Garnet is like a badass in that show. Um, I think it's Amethyst. Amethyst is the purple dumpster. It's the purple dumpster girl. Like that, that kind of girl would not get any screen time like ten years ago. Somebody wouldn't like. You know where you would see that? You would see that in like the margins of like the production notes of a show, you know, a decade or two decades ago, because, you know, like, and this is probably, this is a, this is another great, um, thing that anime has allowed, allowed for a diversity of character types, and it is, it has showed that there is a market for, you know, making, female characters that is that aren't like just cute whereas like whereas when I was a kid there'd be attempt to make like cute girl characters that were only for um a female audience uh, now in something like Steven Universe or or in something like um Adventure Time which I know ended a while ago, but it's still fairly modern. Um, it they they make characters where it's like these are female characters who have depth and who who have the capacity not just to be like pretty and cute and bubbly and fantastic. They have female characters who are like who are like Amethyst and um. Steven Universe who are just like slightly assholes but also still nice people kind of and very goofy and irreverent or like Princess Bubblegum or Princess or um Marceline the Vampire Queen from um what's it called from Adventure Time where you like So, I, if you remember a show called um, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, which, if you're listening to this, I bet you remember that show. The thing that made that, and it's the same thing that made Wednesday from The Adam Family, like, such a standout, like, you notice it, is that, she, is that those two characters are the the exception that proves the rule kind of thing. Like, Mandy is... Mandy is pissed. Mandy is constantly pissed. She's very dark, and she doesn't want to deal with your shit. <laughs> but they, she stands next to, like, um, 
Another example, actually, from a different show is Raven from um, from Teen Titans. But they stand next to so many characters who are like, um, who kind of like Starfire from Teen Titans. And it, it ends up... But there are so many more instances of characters like Mandy. When Mandy came out, it was all, we were already into, like... The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy were on at the same time as Hi Hi Puffy Amiyumi, which is, like, one of the first one-to-one um, anime-influenced shows out there because it was a cartoon about... Um, Puffy Amiyumi, the band that wrote the theme song for Teen Titans, which is, like, that's... We want to talk about anime influence. That is, like, a wild thing. It, it produced a, like... um. They produced a, like, traditional American, like, 10... 20-minute episodes, two mini-episodes, comprised of two mini-episodes of 10 minutes each, um, cartoon that was all about just the life, the life of the band, of the, of the musical duo, of the musical duo, Puffy Amiyumi, and Ami and Yumi, and they, like, shot all kinds of hilarious, um, promos with, the two real band members as commercials and like they wrote the um Puffy Amiumi the band the two girls wrote all the songs for that show and it's fantastic um but that was that period of time was when like these shows that were just that were that the only underpinning they had were they're the same character were kind of on their way out. Like if you wa if you watch Gumball, you watch um the regular show. Yes, they do still have that format of like, you know, these are just shenanigans. But there's so much more underpinning that, and this it's much more like they're working with this big diverse. Um, puzzle box of stuff then they are just like we want to tell this story how do we get this story in here we don't care if it's connected it all has to be connected like all it feels like it feels like if you're watching shows now you have a a set of world building that is required that wouldn't have been required without anime's influence on the industry like um the kind of world building that goes into say um recess like the the show recess that show the level of world building that they have in that show is entirely unnecessary. And it is unique in the fact that it was... Oh, it, it was kind of... writing the same way that the anime was. 
but once again, that was like a show that was the exception, not the norm. Whereas you have much more story focused episodes, even in kids' cartoons now, and when and as an adult, if you watch kids' cartoons, when you watch something that doesn't have all of those underpinnings, you notice it and it feels it feels like you it feels not just like you're being insulted, but that like children would be in like it would be insulting to show a child this. If that makes any sense. The And I've definitely seen um shows that lack all the underpinnings I've been talking about for this entire episode. Um and they just it feels like what why as a parent would you show your kid this? Why would you put a child in front of this at all? This isn't this isn't doing anything for them. This isn't it it's not like it's not useful as a as a piece of entertainment because it doesn't it doesn't teach it doesn't teach a kid about what's good entertainment it's it's fluff it's it, and it's not even fluff fluff has its place it's trash and so like this is kind of where I'm going to end this series, since I think this is a good, um, like, series about anime, three part of anime's influence. But, going forward, there'll be no way to escape the fact that, like, you know, anime's influence has changed what cartoons will be for the rest of the world, because, whereas... Whereas animation was so expensive to produce in the West that the West largely said, you know, like, um, if we're going to spend this kind of money, it needs, like, it needs to, like, we need to drive profit. We need to sell VHS. We need to sell VHSs. We need to sell cable subscriptions, we need to sell all this stuff. But because animation is an art form and because um specifically Japan's um attitude towards art and artistic endeavors they have for a long time looked at at the opportunity of a creative endeavor as the opportunity of the perfection of creativity and the experimentation with creativity that I think that the West is finally, has finally, like, cracked wide, has finally cracked into and has a lot more interest in saying, you know, well, you know, we want to have a conversation. We want to have a conversation that's much more out loud about, you know, this, that, or the other thing than 
just show kids a bunch of fun colors and, like, tell them to clap and sing along. Which, once again, is fine. It has its place. But I'm really happy that anime's influence has allowed that to not be the only thing available to kids or even adults who like watching cartoons in America. Um, And on that note, if you like this episode, this has been like a weird series that I've decided to run. Um, And if you like this kind of episode, these Sunday editions come out every Sunday. I do a more um, traditional conversation about a show or film, um, usually anime, every third day. But until then, I've been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday edition, and I will talk to you on third day. Thank <laughs> you.